Well, you're welcome uh, all those who are joining in this evening via Zoom and those who listen later on our WhatsApp group and uh, any who listen in uh, on our Facebook page later on, give you all a very warm welcome to this short time of worship together. Uh, we're going to begin our time of worship by singing from Psalm 146a. We're singing the first verse and then verses 6 to 8. And the opening line is our call to worship. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now, O my soul, the Lord's name praise. While I live, I'll praise the Lord's name. Praise my God through all my days. It's Psalm 146, verse 1 and 68, and the tune is number 258. Let's praise God together. Hallelujah, praise the Lord now, O my soul, the Lord's name praise. While I live, I'll praise the Lord's name, praise my God through all my days. Sight the Lord gives through the blind ones, those bowed down, the Lord will raise, and the Lord shows love to all those rejoicing in the great God that you are. We come to lift up your magnificent and glorious name. All of your titles, all of your perfections, mighty God, worthy of our praise and our adoration. We rejoice in the God whom you are and the God whom you've revealed yourself to be in your word. We rejoice that you're the God who gives sight to the blind ones. We acknowledge our blindness by nature that we cannot and refuse to see and understand who you are of ourselves. But we rejoice in your great and mighty power that opens the eyes of sinners like us to see our need and to see the wonder and glory of Jesus Christ. 
We rejoice that you're a God who loves all of his own blood-bought people, that you care for us day by day. We rejoice that you're a God who is an eye to the vulnerable, the foreigner, the, the widow, as we've been singing of. We rejoice that you're the God of justice, that you deal with all those who uh, are, the, are the wicked, all those who turn aside from following you. We re rejoice that you're the God who reigns forever, that at your right hand now is your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one to whom you've given all authority in heaven and earth. We thank you that he's been at work in his world today, building his kingdom, opening the eyes of the blind by the working of his spirit, bringing new life, that sinners would believe on him and be saved. And so we rejoice that through unending generations, your great and glorious name is to be praised. We thank you for opportunity now to worship you this evening. We confess, Lord, our need for you. Uh, we confess, Lord, our lack of love for you and lack of love for others. Forgive us our many feelings in the week that has passed. And we pray that we'd be equipped this evening as we worship you together, your word and by your spirit, be your people in this world. We thank you for those joining us, uh, listening in just now to this service. We thank you for those who listen later on. And we pray that together we know much of the working of your spirit in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you for our children listening in this evening. Bless them with their mums and dads. And may your blessing be upon us all. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, these Lord's Day evenings, we are in the book of Romans and in the eighth chapter, making our way bit by bit through this eighth chapter, a verse or two verses at a time. It's one of those wonderful portions of scripture to slow down and to think and ponder and meditate upon God's word. Uh, we're going to read just now from Romans chapter 8, from verse 18 to the end of the chapter. In a little moment or two, we'll be focusing in on verses 26 and 27. So let's hear God's word together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who is indeed? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine? or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, as I said, we're for a little while this evening focusing in on those two verses and verse 26 and verse 27. Help in our weakness or help for right now, whichever you prefer. Sometimes we hear of uh, families or loved ones receiving news that is just devastating. We watched and listened with sorrow and, uh, in the week past to hear of a, a young woman and her child tragically killed in a, in a road traffic accident in the north of our province. How would we cope with experiences like that would leave us speechless, numbed, and in a state of shock? How would we go on, we might wonder? How would we live when life appears to unravel? We could ask the question, how will we learn to live in this new world and new circumstances in which, we're, which we find ourselves. And at a very simple level, we can answer those questions by saying, by grasping these two verses that we have here in Romans chapter 8, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You remember that I said that the purpose of Romans chapter 8 is that every true Christian will have an increasing understanding of the security that they now find themselves in because of the wonderful grace of God in Jesus Christ. This whole chapter is encompassed in these two wonderful brackets, uh, that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, and that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. It's the, Paul's way of saying that the believer is utterly safe and secure, nothing to condemn us and nothing to separate us. Last time as we, when we were in this chapter and we were looking at verses 18 to 25, we saw simply that the Holy Spirit has come to live within the Christian. And because he lives within us, the future is secure. The Holy Spirit, if you like, is the guarantee, the deposit, guaranteeing that one day we leave this scene of time, all those who are in Christ, and be with God in heaven itself, that we'll be with him in glory. And that fills the Christian with great hope and security. But this passage is also reminding us, us here that not only is our uh, hope because our future is guaranteed. Not only is there hope for the future, but Paul in these two verses is pointing out to us, God is speaking to us and saying to us, yes, for the Christian, our future is guaranteed. That filled us with hope because the Spirit lives within us. And now he's saying, and there's help for right now. What a wonderful position for the Christian to be in. There's hope for the future, and there's help for right now. Out of this world, life-transforming help. Having been a minister for over 25 years, and I have watched many of God's people in the most difficult, darkest moments of life, and they didn't crumble in the midst of the, of the adversity. It was difficult, it was painful, it was full of sorrow and weeping and heartache. But they were preserved to keep on going, and these verses are saying why. Sometimes the Christian can think, how would I cope? Well, these verses are saying that the Christian will cope because we've got help for right now. And as we look at these two verses this evening, I want to direct your thoughts along three different lines or avenues. First of all, the Holy Spirit knows all about our weakness. How many times have you been asked in these past week, how are, how are things with you? And by and large, in the main, we simply reply by saying, well, we're doing okay, thanks. But perhaps the reality is 
we're not really. We don't want to burden others, and that's fine. But maybe the reality is we're not really doing okay. But look at verse 26 of how it begins. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Here's the situation of all of our lives. It's a situation of weakness. And the Christian is being assured here that there's support in the midst of that. Not only is glory guaranteed, not only is that sure, not only are we sure of tomorrow in heaven, but we've got support for now. Likewise, and Paul is saying, just as the Holy Spirit is your guarantee for the future in heaven, glorify there with Christ, Likewise, just now, this same Spirit is helping us in our weakness. Of course, it's not something that we like to admit that we would ever be in weakness. We like to give the impression that we're coping, that we're managing. But we don't have to put on a mask with God. We can take it right off. For he's the searcher of hearts, and he knows all about your weakness and mine. And Paul writes here how this, that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We can take that at two levels, the word weakness. It's a very, at one level, it's a very comprehensive term. Our weakness, every dimension of our weakness. We could, we could go as far as saying that weakness is the very platform on which we do life. It's part of us, no matter how strong we like to think we are. We've got the weakness of our bodies. Think of how tired perhaps some of you have been. Some have been unwell and felt tired and exhausted with that. Some of us just with the nervous tension of these weeks have felt an increasing tiredness. Think about how, of how much of your life you have simply been uh, close to being unconscious, sound asleep, not knowing what's going on around us. For some of us, we have the, the impact of the, lock, uh, the stress of lockdown and it's had an impact on us physically. And it's not long in life before we come to, to all suffer from that syndrome of having too many birthdays. All of these physical weaknesses, weakness of the body, pervade our lives. And we're being told here that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He, he knows all about those weaknesses. We've got the weaknesses of, of our minds and our emotions. Think of the worry, perhaps, that you've felt and its grinding influence upon you. Some of us have had days where we've felt the weakness of our minds and felt just a little bit downcast, a little flat. Some have had the, a sense of, well, how might I cope if things get worse? Weakness, in, it invades every part of our lives and none of it evades the, the eye of God's Holy Spirit. We can have weakness in our minds with Pressures in our, in our family, been locked in with one another. The 
the sense of isolation if we're on our own and the impact, impact that has on our minds and emotion, worrying about our jobs, worrying about our responsibilities, and we've got weakness. Weakness of body, weakness of mind. Uh, this weakness that Paul speaks of also involves our spiritual weakness. Think of the struggles that we can have at times with doubt or the, the battle that we might have with, with temptation and our, our stumblings. Think of the questions that might arise in our mind and we're, and we're often saying to ourselves, O ye of little faith. And in the midst of it all, the Holy Spirit knows all about our weakness. And the Apostle Paul then zooms in on the weakness that all these other weaknesses lead to so often in our lives. As I said, we live life on a platform of weakness. And it can all funnel in and channel, channel into this thing here in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Isn't that true? And so often the weaknesses of our lives bring us to the circumstances and situation where we simply do not know what to pray for, for ourselves or for others. Our bodies so physically weak, our minds so in turmoil that we just don't know where to turn when it comes to bringing this before God. Think of the Apostle Paul and the weakness that he had in his body. He speaks of the thorn in the flesh that was given to him. Not told exactly what it was, but we do know that three times he prayed that it would be taken from him, but it wasn't. Can you imagine the difficulty that, that must have brought for the Apostle Paul? Well, what do I pray for now? Do I keep praying for the removal of this? Do I, do I pray now that I might know more of the sufficiency of, of God's grace? And it's true in our lives that amidst our weakness, we get weary, we get confused, and sometimes somewhat overwhelmed so that we do not know what to pray for as we ought. And Paul is saying right here, God's assuring us in his word, that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, knows every detail that brought weakness to us, and knows that circumstance that brings us right down, so that we do not know what to pray for as we ought. So we don't need to pretend with God. We just need to be thankful that he knows. He knows me and he knows you. And his spirit is the spirit of the all-wise, omniscient God. He knows about your weakness and mine tonight. So that's the first thing this evening in this, that the Holy Spirit knows all about our weakness. But secondly, and building upon that, amidst our weakness, the Holy Spirit works. There's a measure of comfort in remembering that the Holy Spirit is aware of all our weakness, knows everything about you and me this evening. But that's not the main 
point that Paul is making. So what is it then? Is it that Paul is saying here that the Holy Spirit, he knows what our weakness is and he's going to remove it from us? No. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He helps us. The word that Paul writes for help here is a very graphic word. Um, it has two bits put onto the start of the word, two prefixes. One of them means to do something along with, and the other prefix means to do something facing someone. You get something in the picture? Something alongside us and something facing us. And Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit himself comes alongside, comes opposite us, comes right up close to us, helping us carry the burden that makes us feel so weak. He's working in us and with us and beside us. And he helps us in our weakness. The word that's actually used for help there, you remember uh, an illustration of where it was used earlier in the New Testament, that wonderful story of, of Mary, Mary and Martha, and where Martha appeals to the Lord Jesus uh, about her sister, tell her to come and ease my burden, tell her to come and help me, tell her to come and give me a hand. And that's exactly the word that Paul uses here. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He comes right beside us and opposite us and with us and in us and helps us in our weakness. As you look back through the path of your life, perhaps in the path of your life there have been a number of crisis moments. Well, here's why you coped. Because the Holy Spirit was helping you amidst your weakness. He sees when we're buckling and he comes right alongside us and he lifts us on the burden that would appear to be breaking us. So the Christian doesn't need fear future frailties because the Holy Spirit will be right there and right at work. We saw earlier today in our first service that wonderful promise of God, I will not forget you. And this ties in with that this evening. The Holy Spirit, he's not forgetting. Not forgetting the children of God. And then Paul gets more specific about this help again. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Wow. Just sit and let the truth of that saturate every dimension of your thinking. Of what a blessed thing it is to be a Christian. The Son of God in heaven at the Father's right hand, Lord over all. And he's praying for us. And the Holy Spirit, whom the Father and the Son send out 
to do their work, he's praying also. Sure, you find it so refreshing at times in your life to have a message or a text from a friend that says, we're praying for you. Well, this is infinitely better. The Holy Spirit himself interceding for us. And look at how he intercedes. We're told that he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. It's literally there with wordless groans. If you're following along in your Bible and look up, you'll see that twice already in this passage, Paul has spoken about groaning. He speaks in verse 22 about creation groaning. He speaks about the believer groaning. And in verse 22, when he's speaking about creation groaning, the idea, you remember we saw it, was that creation was groaning, longing for the day when Jesus Christ will come in all his glory and change everything and make everything anew. Creation groaning, longing for that moment. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. He's longing for the day when we'll have no weakness. And we should take heart that he's aware of all that we go through. And he's at work to help us and to strengthen us, praying for us with groanings too deep for words. What wonderful encouragement. The Holy Spirit knows all about our weakness. And the Holy Spirit amidst our weakness, he's at work. But then, moving on a little bit uh, further and more deeply into this, we see thirdly, that the outcome of the Holy Spirit's work is certain. Moving our way bit by bit into the very center of the message that Paul is bringing to these believers at Rome, and that God is speaking to us about. So here's the Christian, and the Holy Spirit lives within every true believer. He knows us, and he prays for us. But what's involved in these wordless groans of the Spirit? We'll look at verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I'm sure you'd agree that in life we often don't know what to pray for. We're in these circumstances. What do we pray for? We often don't know. Well, the Holy Spirit is never in that situation. He knows the will of God for the life of every Christian. He knows every detail of the will of God for your life and for mine. He knows everything that you and I need to go on on the pathway to heaven he knows everything that you and I will need to make it at last to heaven. And he's praying. 
about every detail of your life, that every necessary detail will be put in place to help you and me onwards and homewards to heaven. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And since the Holy Spirit is praying for every Christian according to the will of God, the answer is sure and it is certain. Everything that needs to be in place in your tomorrow and my tomorrow to help us on towards home, the Holy Spirit is praying into position. That's why, and God willing, we'll see it in due course in verse 28 when we come to this glorious promise that we know, uh, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Well, why is that the case? Why, do, why does everything work together for the good of those who love God? Because the everything has been put in place by the praying of the Holy Spirit so that we'll get at last to heaven. These verses are part of a long, logical unfolding of the purposes of God. We don't know how to pray in our lives. We don't know what to pray for. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but the Spirit knows because he knows the will of God. And the Spirit is praying with groans, uh, with wordless groans. And, and uh, he who searches the hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit. And so he's going to be answering all of those prayers so that everything's put into the path of your life and mine that will work for our ultimate good and that the great chain of verse 30 will be, will be unfolded bit by bit until at last we're glorified in heaven. When you and I get to the events of tomorrow, God has governed them all in his holy and wise providence. And the Spirit himself prayed into position everything that we need for help on home. What security there is for the child of God. God has decreed our salvation. He doesn't change. The Lord Jesus Christ presenting his finished work before his Father for you and for me, and the Holy Spirit praying for the unfolding will of God that we'll get safely home. You see, God has promised to bring every believer to glory, and the Holy Spirit is, is the guarantee that that will be the case, and he prays into place every detail of our lives to spur us on, and nothing will knock God off his purposes, purpose of taking us to glory, nothing at all. The events of these days, no matter how difficult or, or trying, part of God's purpose, part of God's providence, put in place by God, not to harm us, not to hinder us, but to help us on home. What an amazing thing it is to be a Christian. And of course we can say the opposite too. For the person who's not yet a Christian, no one to stand 
between them and God, no one to be an advocate for them, no one to say, Father, I've paid for their sins, no Holy Spirit to help them in their lives on their own now in all the crises of life. And if they remain outside of Christ forever without God in their lives for blessing. You see, this help on towards heaven and this help of heaven, you'll see in verse 27, is for the saints. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. And that's the hope of every man, woman, and boy or girl. Of course, none of us are saints by nature. In fact, Paul has already spoken in Romans how none of us are right with God by nature, unholy indeed, and deserving of God's holy wrath. You know also that saints aren't people who've been dead for several hundred years and someone de decides to declare them a saint. You know, when Paul wrote this book, and he, he addressed it in the first chapter in Romans 1 and 7 to the saints who were in Rome. The message of the Bible is simply that a saint is a sinner who's been saved by the grace of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. They've cried out to God for forgiveness and pardon because of what Jesus Christ has done. They've said, I deserve hell, mighty God, but I've heard that Jesus Christ pardons in full. And the moment that a man or a woman or a boy or girl trusts in Jesus Christ, they're washed, they're cleansed, they're pardoned, they're declared right with God, the finished work of Jesus Christ put to the account of their lives, adopted into his family, set on the way to glory, and glory they will get in the end. What a wonderful thing it is to be a Christian, to have the Spirit of Jesus Christ living within us, our guarantee of heaven itself, the pledge of heaven and the Holy Spirit praying for us all the way home. You remember that tomorrow and all that unfolds when you don't know what to pray for or how to pray, there is the Holy Spirit and he's crying out with groanings too deep for words and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. We're going to finish our time of worship by singing from Psalm 16. Sing verses 7 to 10 of Psalm 16. And we'll be singing to the tune 101. The Lord continually I've set before my face to see. Because he stands at my right hand, I never moved will be. Psalm 16, these verses 7, the end. Let us praise God. The Lord continually I've set before.
see, because he stands at my right hand, I never look will be, because of this my heart is glad, and joy will be expressed by all my glory and my flesh in confidence will rest because my soul thank you that you know all about the weaknesses of our lives, that you know us perfectly. We thank you that there's nothing hidden from you and how we bless you that your Holy Spirit helps us in all our weakness. Father, we have had many times in our lives when we have been so uh, physically or mentally down uh, or confused by the circumstances that we have not known what to even pray for. We thank you that in those times we've had others of God's people around about us praying for us, but we bless you most of all that we've had the Holy Spirit himself who lives within us, interceding for us, knowing the very will of God for our lives. We thank you that you've brought us to where we are at this moment in time this evening because your Spirit is prayed in all the details along the way that would bring us to salvation, has prayed in all the details that would bring us back from our wandering, has prayed in all the details to build us in our faith. And we thank you that in all our tomorrows, he have prayed in all that is necessary for us to get on home to heaven. How we thank you, mighty God, for your grace and mercy. We ask, Heavenly Father, if any would listen to this address who are yet strangers to Jesus Christ, that they would want this security in their lives, even this night, and would know that it is found alone in your Son, Jesus Christ, and would cry out to him for salvation and find his salvation and find safety and security in his finished work. Go with us, we ask, Lord, each one, into the week that lies ahead. 
Go before us, come with us and come behind us and gather us up in your mighty strength and give us grace to live our days for you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.